You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 7, episode 39. And we've got three on the go tonight, so I'm John, I'm your host for this evening. Uh, joined by John, how you doing? Yeah, I'm quite dandy now. Um, how are you? Yeah, hi. Uh, thinking of Europe. Um, and for a second appearance on the podcast, glad to have you back, Tony. How you doing? Yeah, doing great, thanks. Uh, watched some quality games of football this week, so yeah, I'm doing all right. Thank you very much. Um, so I good to have you back on. And we're recording on Wednesday for a change. Because obviously the season's coming to an end. There's been the midweek fixtures and I it's settled a few things. So uh, we'll start off with old charity Brett, as always. We, we did go for a bit of a wild card, um, <laughs> to say the least. Well, there, there was form for that, I think, in terms of Comaric's uh, record against Rangers this season. However, yeah, we're not well. One, we didn't see that without coming. Yeah, it was and more murder well. Yeah, I don't think many folks seen that, to be honest. Um, I, I can't even believe it myself. They, they were just atrocious at the back. Because uh, I, I had a look, you know, seeing the score, I was thinking, oh, maybe Motherwell have rested a few players, maybe they looked like pretty close to a, a first choice 11. Yeah, I think they had two or three, but no, still had a strong enough team that shouldn't have lost the game five one. But um, it's probably come at a good time that result for them because fired them up for last night. They should fire them up um, and make sure that the nobody slackens off ahead of the cup final next week. Yeah, definitely. Um, in terms of the other charity bet, we had Rory McAllister for goal scorer. We were slightly unlucky with that one though because he did score, but it was second for Peterhead. So. Close with no cigar, as I say. Um, in terms of the playoffs, though, Peterhead went through because they won 3 0 and they'll face Denhouse Muir for the chance for League One. Well, they've got a tough ask because they're 2 0 down. Denhouse Muir won that first leg 2 0 at home, so a bit of an uphill task for um, the Blue Team at the weekend. I definitely. And then you've got Dumbarton fighting to stay in the championship against Aloha, who Wraith Rovers must just be sick of the sight of. Yeah. I kind of had a feeling for Aloha after last week because they'd beaten the other week before, ruined their chances of going up initially. Then they kill off Wraith Rovers in the last two season, getting that draw, and you just had the feeling that there was going to be a hangover effect, and Aloha took advantage and just give them the double blow, but um, if there's some comfort for Wraith Rovers fans, Aloha lost tonight 1-0 to Dumbarton, so it's looking highly likely that the Championship side will stay in the Championship. What do you say if it's 1-0? 1-0 to Dumbarton full-time. Ah, Aloha have still got a chance. They've still got a chance, but no. Smart money, I think, will be in Dumbarton. And then the pyramid playoff, 
first leg between Cove and Killian Beath finished nil nil, so all to play for on Saturday. Winner takes all. You can Killian Beath stay in the league, or do Cove the Rangers make their first appearance in League Two? Apparently, Cove were all over them at the weekend, but um, they did everything but score. Um, but you never know; they could well win their way leg. I mean, Edinburgh City were written off a couple of years ago against East Stirling, and they pulled that off. So. Maybe this can be um, Cove's day still. You never know. Yeah. Didn't realise that game between Alba and Dumbarton tonight was an Alba. Neither did I, but I think, to be fair, even if we did know it was an Alba, we still would have watched the Hearts game, let's be honest. Yeah, uh, I think no yeah. <laughs> I definitely. Um, in terms of the Premiership playoffs, but bit of a cracker. They are night between Dundee United and Livingston. Well, like Dundee yeah. United win. And then... Yeah, I watched that one. So that, um, Dundee United are just a poor shadow of what they used to be. Um, defensively, they looked all over the place. Um, big, big Mosney. Um, I thought he had a bit of a stinker. Yeah, and, yeah, and I, I just I thought Livingston just... Not outplayed them, but had the right idea going long quite a few times, and it just seemed to basically cast the Dundee United defence out for whatever reason. They just seemed to panic all the time. I think the only player that looked half decent for Dundee United was Tony Ralston, and he's not even their mm. player, he's only from Celtic, obviously. Um, I'll be honest, I predicted a scrappy game with it being no more than one goal in a 1-0 victory for someone but so that was blown out of the water after three minutes when it was one each <laughs> and uh, Dundee United had a lot of possession the second half with mm. that 2-1 but then they made a bizarre substitution and Livingston just kept fighting um, and took advantage as you say Tony some ropey defending especially the third goal um, Murdoch mm. dwelling in possession um, and then but to be fair the boy finished it well um and then you had the Willow Flood meltdown. That, that was crazy. That, that was, of all the players, I would never ever have thought him I, I, being a hard man. Yeah, he's always had that red mist that descends on the Willow Flood. It was just a moment of sheer stupidity. But, well, you say a moment, it, it was a moment that lasted a good minute and a half. Ten and minutes. Even the, even the BT cameraman or camera person got yeah. it. Um Aye, he seemed, seat, to, well. he seemed to shout at the cameraman as if something was going on there. I, I, again, I'm not 100% sure what happened, but it was as if, you know, who you're looking at. And then he stormed down, I think, had to go like, some of his own fans as well, it looked like, as well, just before he went into the tunnel. Mm-hmm. It was just madness. I've, I've never expected that from him, to be honest with you. Yeah, you wouldn't expect that kind of behaviour from your captain. I mean, he's supposed to be no. the, the leader who's, and he's, what, 33 now, so he's been there, seen it, done it. Mm. I mean, he should be the the one that the Dundee United players look to, and now he's done himself stupidly out of the return leg um, at the Tony Macaroni, which is going to be vital. Um, and Dundee United need the experience they can get, and it's not looking good for them. Um, looks like a third campaign in a row in the low tier, but... Never say never in football, stranger things have happened and all it takes is United goal early on and Livingston could get nervous. So, who mm-hmm. knows? What do you think? Livingston will complete the job? 
Personally, I think so. Um, I think their their togetherness, their team spirit, will be enough to see them through. Um, they're a very well organised team generally, and I think they'll just do enough. Because um, I don't think United have enough quality at all in their team, um, and things just haven't worked out as well under Shab as they thought it would have been. Right. To, to complete the kind of playoff picture then, it's going to be part of that's all I've lost County. Yeah, I go with County, to be honest with you. I've not seen anything really in the last couple of weeks from County that made me think they're going to stay up. So I think County will go down and it'll be Thistle in the playoffs, to be honest. I just think, I wouldn't surprise me if both of them lost. I, I really, that's just the way they've been playing. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's anything great about them. County, Billy McKay, like, a player about maybe three, four years ago, you'd probably say, I mean, I remember he was linked with Celtic at one point um, under Roddy Dyle's management, but he looks he, he looks like a striker. That's, I've got absolutely no confidence in front of goal. I know he scored the other day, but he's, he missed quite a few. Um, even then, you know. Aye. Aye. The, the, the two teams blew it on Friday night. I mean, they're obviously going head to head. One of them wins. You then maybe think, right, they've got a chance. Ends up a draw, and then they both follow up losing mm. um, last night. And didn't see much of the games in terms of seeing a wee bit of highlights. Defending again. I mean, criminal from Thistle. They don't pick up the man. Easy goal, and same with Ross County as well. Defending just far too good. Ross Kilboy picked up in the box, and then easy goals. Yeah, it just summed up um, both teams in a microcosm. Um, poor defensively, switching off at vital times, and um, pretty powered up off up front. And they've been the, the worst two teams all season. In the last couple of months, when the goings got tough, these two just haven't got going. And I think Partick have all had one win since January. Ross County have had two since um, the same time. Um, neither have looked like at any, po- at any point you thought there's a chink of light, like when Ross County thumped Thistle a couple of weeks ago, um, a few weeks ago. You thought that was a chink mm. of light that got them through, and they then followed that up with a draw at Hibs, but they've not won since the split. Partick, when they beat Hamilton, you thought that might give them the lift, but they've just followed that up with well, a lucky draw at St Johnson. And that game on Friday against some them up, you know, the. They take the lead, it's all looking promising, and then they concede an absolute shocker of a goal to Billy McKay. I mean, um, first of all, they're playing him on side, no one reacts. The goalkeeper, for whatever reason, decides to stay in his line rather than try and close down McKay. And it's the easiest goal McKay will score all season. And it just summed up the two teams. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if both lost, but it also wouldn't surprise me either if Ross County somehow get out this. But um, yeah, I don't think Livingston will fear either team. Yeah, I don't think Livingston will fear either side, providing it is Livingston that get through the playoff. Well, Livingston have defied expectations all season, so mm-hmm. anything can happen. I think Thistle, the disappointing thing as well from Thistle, they went up against Motherwell last night, off the, who Motherwell got off the back of a 5 1 loss. You're maybe expecting Party to put them under a bit of pressure. Come away with something. Nah, doesn't happen. Um, and as we've we said, the, the two teams deserve to be there. Hamilton, once again, 
you don't get me wrong, there is a well, party with that around something like 13 now or something like that. It needs to be a 13 goal swing. A 13 goal yeah. swing, so it's not going to happen. So, mm. both teams fully deserve where they are. Paddleton again, everyone tip them for the drop. <laughs> and they're going to stay do you know what is with Hamilton though? I think Hamilton have got a, a player like Templeton who can win the matches. I think when like, when it needs to be, I also think they're not they're quite strong physical up front Hamilton, and and I think that's where the, the difference is between Thistle and Ross County. I mean, they're not. I, I don't think that they're, they're strong or physical up front. I think they're quite lightweight. I think they need to have a clear shot to go for them to score, really. They need to just be one-on-one with the keeper. Whereas with Hamilton, I think they can play a lot of high balls into their strikers and that they can get knockdowns and what have you. Whereas Ross County, yeah, it seems to always be like tappings or like just on the edge of the goal line. And it never seems to be anything worked with Ross County at the minute. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. I mean, Templeton, we've spoken about it a lot of times, he literally has been the difference between Hamilton staying up and being involved in either the playoffs or going down. Because um, if you look at Hamilton winning runs this season, they've all come when he's been the side. When they've been losing, it's generally when he's been injured. Um, and he's literally been the main difference why they have stayed up. Part of it, you feel as though that with some of the players that they had, that they possibly should have had that, like, Blair Spittle came with a bit of a reputation. Chris Erskine's had a good reputation. But neither of them have really delivered. Um, so much so that Erskine was embarrassed about being nominated for Player of the Year and uh, his comments on Twitter were pretty accurate. Um, and Ross County yeah. haven't really had anything like that either. Um, Schalke's been the main one, but even he's been um, very inconsistent all season. Um, so, And they've obviously missed uh, Liam Boyce, who went down to Burton Hall. I mean, that was always going to be a hard task, but... Um, but no, going back to Hamilton, they've done what they've had to do. And Martin Cannon, yet again, people say he's not a very good manager. Well, he's kept Hamilton in the league again. I think this is the longest spell in the top fights in the post-war days. So, no, good on him. And um, there'll be many people's touch with relegation next season as well. And they'll just come back fighting. I mean, they probably get, I would say they probably get the lowest budget in the league as well. Hamilton. They do. Mm-hmm. So, they continue to do well. Again, even as well, from the days back when MacArthur and MacArthur are still producing youngsters that are growing and developing, getting early experience. So it's not like they do things maybe a different way. Uh, they like some McKinnon and Emery, experienced, maybe sometimes a bit over-physical, but it works for them. Uh, and maybe I think you need that with youngsters. I think you need to have that. You know, where you can get a good wee mix of experience and youngsters because I think sometimes the temptation is always play the youngsters, play the youngsters. You fling, a, you fling 11 youngsters into a team that aren't winning, you're just going to demoralise them and you're not going to get results. You put them in with players who have experience of being in, in positions where they've had to fight to get out of the relegation, then you're going to benefit for that, I think. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you just can't... Um... You've got to have that mix. I mean, people talk about the Man United youngsters that came in the mid nineties: Beckham, the two Neville brothers, Nicky Butt, Paul Scholes. Um, 
they all came in, but they weren't just flooded straight in. They went in a team with guys like Gary Pallister, Roy Keane, um, Schmeichel, Schmeichel, and of course um, Eric Cantona, the the Maverick himself. And it was those players, you know, that combination and their talent was also good enough for them in the league. Um, so you're right in what you're saying, but with regards to Hamilton as well, they've also lost Greg Dockett of the mid-season um, yeah. when he was playing very well to Rangers, and um, they're about to lose another youngster, um, Lewis Ferguson, who's coming up to, to Aberdeen. Um, I've only seen bits of him, but he looks a promising player. He's probably well, one for the future, he's only 18. Do you think Aberdeen would maybe loan him back out to Hamilton? Maybe for a season or two again, you know, so, he's, he's set up. He gets with the first team, so we're going to be short in numbers next year anyway, so I think he'll be involved in the first team squad. Yeah. I've seen it suggested on forums that he'd get loaned out, but why? He's got a wee bit of experience already, so mm-hmm. put him in, watch him develop. I think he'll be, you never know, he might even be, might even start, but I think he'll be he'll be a squad member um, I don't know if he'll necessarily be a, a first team regular yet um, we'll wait and see but um, obviously we're not very highly enough to be able to get him and apparently Crystal Palace were in for him um, I don't think that's what, swayed what, what position does he play, is he centre mid or centre mid like his, um, like his uncle and his dad I think he'd be like a replacement then for Kenny McLean. I think he's more of a ball winner, but that's something that we've lacked about this season. Um, if you look at Aberdeen with the campaign, um, Tansy was supposed to be a bit of that, but he's not lived up to that promise at all. So I think he's on his way out because he's hardly done anything since he's went to County. I get so he's been partly injured, but... That's what I've heard. What's that, sorry? From what I've heard, Tansy won't play for Aberdeen again. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought so. He, he was so asked. Is that just purely because of form, or is it? Is there a follow between uh, him and the club? He was asked in January to fight, uh, if he to stay and fight for his place, and basically said no. So that's why he went. That's what, what I heard. What I've heard. Um, so I, I can't imagine we've signed him. I mean, it's not as if he's a youngster. So yeah. mm. I think the fact he went out on loan, yeah, oh, ties have cut some up. Um, whether Ross County signed him, I don't know, because he's not really featured much for them either. Uh, could end up going back to Inverness who knows, um, might have to drop down the division um, but staying on the, the bottom sides that were struggling for relegation um, Dundee staying up with three wins out of four and uh, as much as it pains everyone in the podcast to say but Neil McCann's done it when it mattered most um, credit to him and pulling, out, pulling the results out of the bag It's maybe something to build on for him for that season because I think he was written off. I think a lot of people thought Dundee would, would struggle, but yeah, they've got the job done. They're staying up. Um, since the, the split, they've been the, the form team in the, the lower half of the league. So, yeah. A lot depends on who they bring in, of course. Um, of course, I don't know what the budgets are like, and don't, there was rumours that Dundee were. Heading in another bad financial way. We just don't know what to believe, but we'll yeah. see what happens over the summer. I mean, they have one of the higher budgets in the lower half, um, so they possibly should be doing better, but it is difficult for them. Um, but we'll wait and see. But they deserve credit for staying up when it looked bad for them at one point. Oh, I'll say Dundee's probably one of my favourite stadiums to go to. 
Um, especially the old Dundee when you used to have um, the benches behind the goal. Um, when you used to get away, and there was always a good stadium, and I always enjoyed it because it seemed different to the rest of the stadiums. And nowadays, I think you get a lot of bland stadiums, all, all kind of look the same. But I always enjoyed going up to Dundee. So I'm, I'm in that aspect, I'm, I'm glad they stayed up because I like watching games where the stadiums are like. Whereas there's some stadiums you watch and I think, oh, I wish you'd get relegated sometimes. You know, there's some stadiums you don't like watching games on, but I'm glad Dundee stayed up because, it's, as I say, it's a nice wee stadium to go to. Keeps a rivalry going between Tommy Wright and Neil McCann as well, so be interested to see what's that season. But yeah, as, as well as Dundee doing well, they've managed to keep a couple of clean sheets back to back as well, so they've ground out results um, to stay up. And that's something they've struggled in in terms of on the season, their defence. So credit to them there as well. Do you think they'll, they'll keep the the set half partnership? partnership? Oh. Uh, O.D. and oh, the boy they brought up. Corker. Corker. Corker, that's it. Do you think they'll keep Corker or do you think they'll let him go? Probably they're doing a bit from Rosenberg. So, I'll right, we'll try and keep him. He's got another year in his contract. So, I mean, he signed an 18-month deal when he came up. So, he's still got that to go. But, um, you know, if they get another bid, if, I think it was £2 million, apparently that was rejected last time. But if they get that offered again, I think they'll take it. Um, yeah. because I think now that he's got his match fitness up I think that's helped as well because when he first came in he wasn't looking great I mean that game against St Johnson he was ripped to shreds and we slated him in the, um, on the podcast for his performance in that game because he was terrible but um, since then he's performed very well and done his bit and keeping Dundee up I don't think Adi's featured much has he? So he was looking terrible early in the season yeah he's kind of fleeted in and out of the team Odie. yeah so I think they've been playing Kerwado a lot this season. Was better. he not club captain at one point, Odie? Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's been great. And that's why he's been in the team. He was one of the players at Celtic that never played a game. And it was always, oh, the best defender we have was Odie. Because he was out on loan. And then we brought him back. And yeah, you kind of seen why we sent him out on loan. He's not a bad player. He just seems to have moments of lapses of concentration, and he lets the, the, the striker run on him, and then before you know it, he's like maybe one or two yards behind, and he never recovers. That that's where I think his main weakness is. He just kind of loses concentration at times. I think uh, the big one from Dundee's point of view as well be keeping hold of Kamara in the midfield. I suppose there's a few clubs interested in him. So what happens there? Uh, St Johnston obviously I mentioned the 5-1 win Steve McLean captain hat-trick in his last game it's not a bad way to bow out is it um, yeah it's been a good, he's, he's had a great career with St Johnston um, obviously he's down as a legend for scoring one of the two goals in the cup final four years ago um, he's played a big part in them being in Europe for so long as well. Um, it's obviously not been as good a season this year, but it'll be interesting to see how he gets on at Hearts because um, I'm still surprised about signing. Apparently he's a Hearts fan and there's a coach, you know, so obviously it makes a wee bit of sense. But um, yeah, good luck to him. Um, although I don't see him featuring too much, and 
Of course, when they play against the Hamilton and Kilmarnock, that's season-providing Kilmarnock still have the plastic pitch. Um, he won't play in those games. So, um, yeah. Good luck, Tom. It, it might help in terms of getting even more out of Lafferty. Because I've noticed Naismith, obviously, for Hearts, has been playing and working a deeper low in the midfield. So, I think, he, I think he'll, be, he'll be playing for Hearts. I think you need to be careful, though, that you're having... Because McLean's quite a tall lad. You've got two tall players up front. As much as Lafferty can move around the park, and yes, you can you can move to like wing, one wing to the other wing. I think you just need to be careful that you don't have that easy option of just lumping it high up the park all the time. Um, and I, that, that's why I think he may not play as often. Uh, I agree with John. I, I don't think they'll play him as that often. Maybe as a backup or a substitute, they half an hour to go or something like that. Just simply because. I think they may worry there may be too much of an easy option, especially with the youngsters, just to lob it right up the park and see what happens. Yeah, he is a clever player, though. Like, yeah, yeah. Could up play, so... Well, I don't know, we'll see what happens anyway, but... The other thing, for St John's point of view, the boy McMillan at the signed in January. Uh, he scored the weekend and then followed up with a goal last night against Hamilton, so... That might be the, the replacement for him. Mm. Possibly. Um, it'll be an interesting summer. Um, I think they've signed another, another player from the Irish Leagues um, today. I saw an SPFL website. It says right signed right. I think his name's Dre Wright. Um, I, I think it's Colchester. Is it Colchester? Sorry. Um, oh. Close to Ireland then. Not. We were close. <laughs> <laughs> by about a few miles. <laughs> um, I just saw the name and put two and two together and came up with five. Um, but yeah, it'll be an interesting summer for them because they've obviously got they'll have their budgets cut because they didn't qualify for and qualify for the top six that they've been used to the last mm-hmm. few years. And they're not a team that spend more than um, they bring in, so they never have done. Um, but I think it'll be yeah, be a difficult summer. I think. Yeah, I we could skim past probably the games from the top six on Saturday. <laughs> I'm just move on to what's happened the last couple of nights. Yeah. Um, well, so, there's only two games that really matter from the top six because there was a dead rubber game the night and the scoreline told that. Yeah. Um, last yeah night, to, to be fair, now you even watched, I even heard much of the Celtic game. Yeah. Um, I, I said I was watching the Hearts game, to be honest with you. So, uh, yeah, I don't think many fans really. Are that interested in it? I don't even think Kilmarnock fans were that real interested, to be honest, either. Nah, neither side could improve um, the league position, neither side could um, fall down a place in the league, so mm. yeah, it's a bit of a dead rubber game. So, going into last night's game, Aberdeen were in the back of uh, three clean sheets, so the split started off pretty well. Uh, Rangers obviously had suffered against Celtic. Managed to get a light goal against Kilmarnock, but they only shot on target on Saturday. So, there was a lot of play for last night. Obviously, haven't played a glove on Rangers all season. Uh, they came away with three wins. And you know, in the first 10 minutes last night of the game, it looked like it was going to be a Rangers victory again. Because they came out flying, Aberdeen took a wee bit of time to settle. However, and, uh, difficult to say this, but I don't think it was a penalty. No, it uh, but I scored it and after that controlled the first half I would say the rest of the first half looked a far better team um, 
didn't maybe create a lot. You had a couple of McLean efforts one off the bar um, that he had. And then half time you're thinking, aye, things are going well. And then I disappointed in the second half because it was a completely different half. Rangers can I would say on board in control of it. Certainly whatever Nicole said at half time helped. The the goal Aberdeen lost. To me that's been Aberdeen all season against either Celtic or Rangers. It's a sloppy, sloppy goal that if it'd been against any of the other teams, I don't think it would have caused any sort of problems. It would have cleared the it it just seemed to take for an eternity for it to go in. It just seemed to like bobble. See in the first half, Cosgrove gets booked for having his arm up and yeah. it's a foul against him for an arm on the keeper. Now McCrory, don't be wrong, I would say McCrory shows great desire to get in there and score that goal, but is McCrory putting his arm on McKenna any different to what Cosgrove did in the keeper? Yeah, I think yeah. Cosgrove's um, reputation went before him um, with that with that one. That was a, a terrible booking when you consider what Sean Goss didn't even get a car card for. I mean, that mm-hmm. was a red card event, didn't even get booked, uh, which was ridiculous. Um, but I don't think there was any wrong with McCrory's goal, to be perfectly honest. I think it's just um, he showed the greater desire. McKenna was caught underneath it. Um, and the goal What's that, sorry? Where should I even come off his line? Possibly. Um... They all looked static. It was as if they left it to each other and nobody yeah. actually went for it in the end. McKay was all the one that reacted, whereas with Rangers, there was three players as well as yeah. Arcade, as well as McCoy, I think. Yeah, that's, so... that's the worrying thing is that no one else really reacted. Um, it was just basically McKenna versus a non Russian McCrory, whereas if another Aberdeen defender runs in, can maybe put McCrory off, don't know um, hindsight's a wonderful thing but the goal starts um, from a simple throw in we allowed Morelos to turn and get a shot away um, which was just lazy defending to be honest but um, I thought the second half really annoyed me after the fact we were in control of the game, Rangers weren't in it at all um, after the first 10 minutes of course um, possibly should have created one, I was actually confident getting into the second half that we would add to that and see the game out after there but um, we yeah, just I... totally switched off, went back into our shell um, like the other three games of the season against Rangers and just didn't show up and in the end the point was a fair result um, and we mm-hmm. did well to just make sure to hang on to the point which is obviously proving crucial um, but given they were there for the taking again and taking one point this season from Rangers is just not good enough Aye. I mean, in the first half, we looked at the team more likely to get a go ahead and score another goal. And then the second half, it's just like a completely different team. I don't know why we sat back. Because um, we just aren't a great side. Um, and I know that maybe sounds daft when they've beaten us three times and then obviously they've drawn a last side, but they're, they're not a great side. And we've got a team that's more than capable of beating them, but, but haven't managed to do it. Now, however, still been a good season because obviously, as we know from the game tonight, Hearts and Hibs, Aberdeen have qualified for Europe again. Still going into the last game, can finish second. So, I don't know. There's frustrations, but 
when you consider the players we've lost in the summer, it'd still be there. a pretty good season. I, th- I think it's probably been more frustrating if I was an Aberdeen fan, yeah. I think, because you're right, for quite large parts of the game, I thought Aberdeen midfield were really good. Um, I thought McLean first half was immense. Thought McLean had a great first half. He was everywhere. He was getting tackles in. He was spraying the ball. He just seemed to be everywhere. And then in the second half, it was as if the tempo slowed down. And I've noticed this a couple of times with Aberdeen actually, especially against Celtic Rangers, um, where I don't know what is it, but the tempo starts going slower, and they've got this tendency to stay off. They don't go into tackles. It's like you've got a player in the space. You make sure you're in that zone and they like, keep that zone where there's a player in. So they're just trying to like put numbers in there. Yeah. You started doing that a wee bit again on, on the, the Tuesday. I'm sorry, um, the Tuesday night. Yeah. Uh, and, and then obviously the Rangers goal came. And then it, it was kind of, I don't know. You thought Aberdeen would push for it. But then the back of your head thought, I'm not going to score here because they just didn't seem to have that cutting edge. Yeah, no, we're definitely off best when we play with a bit of tempo, get the ball wide, get cross out of the box. The third is again, Rooney must feel quite aggrieved that he's not featured more because when he has. Yeah, what, what is the score with that? Because I, I, I'm a big Rooney fan. I, I think he is a good striker. Um, and for him to come on, what was it, about two minutes to go? That was an insult, that. Do you know the thing that was well about Rooney? Because most fans will say it, right? If he's not scoring, he's not really involved in the play. Mm. So you've got the the argument, do you want a player that's going to give you more movement and maybe link up the play? Or do you want a player that's maybe not going to do much but can score? Because he's good for a goal every minimum every three games, probably even better than that one every two. But McInnes clearly, since McInnes was a manager, has maybe just played him because we've not had any other great options. Whereas this year he's seen, he's considered to be signed Stevie May for a bit of money, and he has to kind of go with that, go with him. Um, but now he's become third choice at the club really, because obviously Cosgrove's come in. Maybe a McInnes project that he sees can offer something a wee bit different. And so far Cosgrove's looked pretty good, with the exception of the mm. say the the game against Celtic. He's looked pretty good. Um, links up the play all right. Gets involved. Physically, causes defense defenses problems. Looks relatively quick as well over a few yards. So uh, you wonder what will happen with him in the summer. Whether he'll he'll stay because as a player that's capable of scoring so many goals, teams would would bite their hand off to have him. Yeah, yeah. Cosgrove's touch is good. Was good. Um, his first touch was normally pretty good, and he's certainly starting to show why McInnes was keen to bring him in and. He saw what us Aberdeen fans didn't see. We only saw someone that came in from Carlisle hadn't done, scored any goals. Um, but as for Rene, I mean, just bring them in with two minutes ago, that was a complete insult. He should have been on much earlier. Um, he should have been on before May for me, because May's a player that's devoid of confidence. He's only scored five goals since he's came to the club. Um, only one since November as well. It's not a good run at all. Um, I think the best thing for Stephen May is to get back down into pre-season and work, work on his sharpness, work on his confidence. Um, 
and really should have been on earlier, but um, that was another bizarre one. Um, but I was listening to McInnes' interview on BBC Scotland afterwards. Um, he again talked about the recruitment that was rushed last time because um, we had Europe to contend with. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who he's lined up for the summer with McLean going, Christie, who I think has been pretty anonymous the last few weeks, going back to Celtic. Um, we've also got Ferguson coming in. Um, Devlin is already signed up for next season too. But we need about four or five at least new players for the summer. Yeah, probably minimum. I, I do think as well we'll probably see a change in the way we play that season slightly. I, 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 start, I thought early in the season there's a possibility we might go with two up front that season, but it'll be me and Rudy. And I think maybe it'll be Coswell with Mason just off him. Um, that's what I think I might lean to because we're not going to have a, well, depends what we sign in the summer, but we're not really maybe going to have a playmaker. And if we get back to just getting the ball out wide, a couple of wingers, maybe McCoy McGinn and Mackay Stephen, it could work. Possibly Cosgrove and May. Obviously, May has to do a lot in the summer to get maybe his confidence back up. We'll see what happens. Still think maybe Dominic Ball might be one that stays. Um, if he's offered a deal, he's been decent in that midfield holding role, but we'll see what happens. Rangers on the other side, uh, we've not even mentioned Stephen Gerrard. Obviously, Ken Ems is manager to massive fanfare. I've got open to all sorts. Will there be many players out that team that he'll want to keep? I wouldn't have I think you'll have to. I mean, I, 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 unless he's going to get a huge, huge budget. I, I don't think he'd want to keep many of them. But I, I, I can't see him getting rid of many of them either because I think he's either going to have to bring in low-knee low players in again um, from contacts, whether it be from Liverpool or other Premiership clubs, and bring them up, um, and then try and off-sell the others, which, I mean, would you buy any, any of the Rangers players at the minute? McCrory would be the one I would think will probably feature. I think Connors will, but Ellis, I think there was a player in there. Um, but since January and the whole transfer speculation, maybe that's called it's going a bit bad. Definitely, I think there's a player in Morelos. It's a meal as when you watch Morelos, you always think he's literally five minutes away from getting set off. Oh, he's he it. It. He's so agitated. I mean, if you, if you watch him, I mean, straight away, early doors, you could see him starting, and you think just try and keep the head. You, you know, I think he had a couple of goals on McKenna. I think it was. Um, and he, yeah, it's, I, I don't understand because I mean that was like the first ten fifteen minutes he started, and then there was a, he had a few incidents with McLean as well. Um, you think to stay away from that, and you could be a good player, but he seems to want to get involved constantly. Yeah, I think yeah, he had a great chance as well in the second half. Head straight at Lewis, he's just a squad. Yeah, there's been a few big games where he's just not. Um really produced Morelos. I mean, the Celtic games have been highlighted with chances he's missed. Um, but I agree that he yeah, someone, he's still in the, what, 2021, still got um, a lot of improvement to do and he's certainly one to keep. I think out of the team last night, um, the ones that you'd want to keep, uh, Morelos is one. Murphy, I don't know if they'll, I think they might get to keep him because I don't see Brighton keeping him for next season. Um, Candace, 
although he's a bit hot and cold, still got a bit of quality in him. And Tavernier. Other than that, there's not a lot that you'd want to keep. They're losing Bates. That's maybe what you'd want to keep. Oh, sorry, McCrory as well. But um, Russell Martin's going back to his club, but I don't think he's been a huge success. No. Um, Andy Halliday, no, not a good player. And that's one thing that annoyed me is that we didn't really test him. Um, yeah, I think Jason Holt is just not a Rangers class player. Graeme Dorns has been a hopeless failure up there. I guess he's been hampered by injuries as well, but most of the games he's played, he's been pretty anonymous and he was terrible last night before he got taken off. Um, Walker will be involved. Who? Walker will be involved, I think. Oh, yeah. He didn't play last night, but, um, but aye, he, he, he's there for the long term as well. Um, but there wasn't many that Stephen Gerrard would say, I need to build my team around them. Um, they certainly need two mm. new centre halves. That's a given. So I think McCrory is better as a midfielder than he is at the back. Yeah, he seems to be. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've never, I've never really watched him that often, like in the middle. But from what I hear from Rangers fans, they all seem to think that is his best position in the middle. And I think if I was, if I was Gerard, I think he needs to get the spine of that team sorted. Straight from the two centre halves, goalkeeper, by all accounts again, McGregor, and get two centre halves in, midfield central sorted, and then get a target man. Whether it be either Kim Morales and built him up into be that target man, or what have you, because at the minute, I think the spine of that team is just so flaky. Um, and how Aberdeen never tested them more, I, I, I don't know, because that that defence is not a good defence. Yeah, and you've yeah. got players like Christie and Mackay Stevens who have got a wee bit of pace. And you've got Halliday, as you said, at left back. Um, and he, he was never tested once back there. You I know? Mackay Stevens last night was a doubt for the game, so it was a bit of a shock to see him in the starting lineup. So whether maybe that had a factor, but yeah, Christie, I, I don't like him white. Um, however, Kenny McLean's certainly been better off playing further forward for us so yeah it was frustrating um, and obviously McGinn was injured and missed the game but aye we should probably move on um, to the Hearts and Hibs game tonight so Hibs needed at least a point to have a chance still a second in the Hibs what's that <laughs> he just says <laughs> yeah I, th- I think as much as I thought I think Hibs will win I think everybody watching that tonight thought there's a good chance you Hibs will blow this it's just I think w- with me I-, I-, I do remember when Hearts literally used to win every Edinburgh derby and during the late 80s and 90s and I think that always kind of plays back in me um, and I don't know what was. I mean, if you put the two teams' paper on paper and looked at both sides, for me, you would say that the Hibs team is by far the better side. But yet, tonight, the midfield never get going. Um, losing Boyle was a big blow to them early doors. But McGinn, I didn't think was up to much tonight. McGeoch, when he came on, never thought done much. And Ireland was... That he had a terrible game, I thought, and I think that's what really cost them in the end tonight. The midfield just weren't in it. Hearts set the tempo in the game. Hearts played been great. 
tempo. Maybe it's about how they played against Celtic in the season. But the thing as well with Hibs, they're a bit daft because they obviously left McLaren out of the team. Um, and he's been kind of doing, he's done pretty well for them. So maybe Hibs adjusted that game a bit too much tonight. Hearts, on the other hand, completely different team to what they were against Aberdeen a couple of weeks back. Rebecca Solbach played a bit of width. Um, Harry Cochran came in again, very impressive. With the boy at 17, um, no fear at all. Great mm-hmm. for the free kick for Naismith's goal. But could be argued that Naismith was maybe offside. But yeah, I think Hearts deserve the win tonight. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I had a feeling they would take something tonight because although Hearts have been poor since the split and generally been poor most of the season. Um, they've been decent at Tyne Castle and they were always going to be up in Edmunds Arby in front of their own fans at least give a fan something to cheer about um, going into the the summer break and you know, they set the tempo as you say possibly should have had a penalty in the first half as well like Craig Thompson had a good game um, I think the goal's maybe slightly offside but um, you know there was also debate whether the Hibs penalty was a penalty because I think Barker leaves his foot in um, mm. but no, Hearts were definitely were the winners tonight um, and that was obviously mathematical means that Aberdeen qualified for Europe for the fifth season running first time done that since the 80s so I was happy from that point of view um, but yeah Hibs will be Hibs will be disappointed because unless they beat Rangers 6-0 on Sunday they're going to have to wait and see what happens in the cup final next week yeah it's a very good season perhaps oh yeah yeah definitely um, but you saw the early season the game. Up. Yeah. Hearts, I think, have shown enough this season to suggest they'll be more of a threat than actually, I think. You've obviously got these Johnsons up by the likes of Sutter, Cochrane, McDonald, the likes. They're going to benefit from this season. It's not been easy things for Hearts, but the home record is obviously massive for them. I mean, they've lost the fewest games at home apart from Celtic in the league. Probably. They've maybe drawn a few too many. That's not helped. But I think Hearts might be could be dangerous next year. I think yeah, they've been big, in competing for European places. Um, big Lafferty, I think, has done fantastic. I mean, ten of the last two games I've seen, he's he's worked his socks off up front for them. Um, he holds the ball well. Um, he creates chances. Uh, he's, he's just really, really been good. Um, he drifts out to the wings um, to try and get support for players coming in. Um, I, th- I think he's probably a really good outball for them, especially if, if they're getting battered. Like the first half against Celtic, he played sensational. He, he was good for them, holding that ball up and everything. And then tonight again, um, he, he was causing Hanlon a lot of problems, I thought. I thought Hanlon had a, a poor game as well, but that was because I thought Lafferty had a really good game um, and he was beating them in the air. So I think Hearts going forward, if they can work out how they're going to play with Lafferty, whether they can play somebody behind them or he's just going to be the lone striker and you can have two wide men supplying balls in, then I agree with you. I think they could be a really good team next year. Well, I, yeah. said, I said last week, so John. Yeah, I think at times what's happened this season, maybe the reason why they've not been that attractive at times, they play three at the back, and when they play more wing-backs, they're maybe not as effective going forward. However, tonight, when they've got the likes of Milinkovic and then Amakawa on the wings, 
it gives them something a bit different, makes them a bit more positive. Um, they certainly look a better team when they, when they play with that tempo as opposed to getting involved in maybe kind of scrappy type of games. It's good to have the, the option, I suppose, to win scrappy games, but I think the Hearts fans like to see attractive football as well. Because um, Hearts fans are loyal. I mean, the good crowds at Tinkcastle. So, oh, yeah, definitely. I think they're a team that should be up challenging with ourselves and, and Hibs to put pressure on Neil Firm and try and take something away from Neil Firm. But um, as I mentioned last week, I mean, that game where they played Celtic where they were forced into changing their tactics into some more high tempo, high press, you know, they battered Celtic that day. And you wonder why they didn't do it since then. Um, obviously, tonight they've shown um, that if they play with that intensity, they can cause the bigger team's problems. And you know, maybe that's something for Levine to think about for next season is maybe go into these games with a more positive attitude. Although it's easier for them to do it at Tencastle because they've got brilliant crowds um, behind them and right on top of them. But doing it away from home, going to Ibrox and going to Parkhead and going to Pataudry, that's where they need to start showing that as well um, rather than play for nil-nils all the time. What do I remember as well? They start the season by good few of games as well, so that never helped them get off to a good start. Yeah, of course, and obviously the upheaval of um, getting rid of the Ian Catherine experiment and taking their time before a point in Levine. Um, but, yeah, I think next season... I don't think playing a Murrayfield helped them either, to be honest. No. No, definitely not, because... Uh, I would say it's more the away form, but I... They're a difficult start for the season. Yeah. Young Hibs will buy to keep Comberry. It depends on how much he's wanting, I suppose, isn't it? Or if anyone else is really going to be interested in them. Um, you'd like to hope so, because I think he does do something for Hibs. Um, he gives them a good option. But it's whether the player gets something better, I suppose, isn't it? That's the bottom line. It all comes down to money. Um no, Hibs would love to make it happen. It just depends on what funds are available. Because I'd imagine he'd want to keep Scott Allen as well. He's obviously got to go back to Celtic. I think he's got another year left in his deal. Um, can Celtic agree a severance package for him to just go? Because um, there's no way he's getting in the Celtic team. As good as he's been for Hibs, he's not getting into that Celtic team with the qualities in front of him. Um, I mean, because we mentioned Christie's got to go back there. He's not guaranteed to get back in that Celtic team either. Um, so I have a chance will be involved with Celtic. You think what, so, John? Is there any chance he'll be involved? No. No, I can't see it either. I mean, the the rumours I've heard is that um, the deal for Celtic to try and get him again is Scott Allen plus some cash. Um, but I, I like McGinn, but my worry about McGinn at the minute is where he would fit into the Celtic team. And would they be happy like to be a sub? And I wouldn't want that to happen to him because I think he's a good player that needs to play regular. Because at the moment, I can't see him replacing Insham or Brown. Um, so uh, for me, I, I would like to see him stay at Hibs for a wee bit longer. But I can't see Alan coming back to us and getting in the team. So I think Alan more likely would probably go to Hibs somehow, I would imagine. Yeah, and then when you look at Christie trying to get in that team, I know Armstrong and Rodgers might be away, but even if they're away, 
the players at Celtic, I think Celtic will look to strength it again, probably in attacking positions. Mm. I, I just can't stay doing it. I, I would take him back at Aberdeen if we could have him as no way he was going to play as a number 10 all the time. Uh, far better there. I think at times our season he was really good. But I, I still think at times he's a wee bit, he's a wee bit huffy. He gets a wee bit huffy when things aren't going his, going his way. Mm-hmm. Um, which to uh, maybe a you know, top top football you can't have. Mm. Yeah. I think if Armstrong or Roger go for Celtic, it may work to his benefit because because I'll be the kind of position that he'd want to be in. Because after that, I think there'd be McGregor, but McGregor then could play on on the left as well. You know, so you could have McGregor on the left, Chris in the middle. And Forrest in the right, but as you said, it's all depending on who Celtic then buy during the summer. Well, I would imagine Christie would fancy chances if Armstrong and Rogic left during the summer. Well, you've still got Charlie Masonda there um, on the 18 month loan deal, and I know he's not featured much so far, but I'd imagine he features more next year, especially Patrick Roberts um, going back to his club. Um, You've got Sinclair, um, who's not had the best of seasons this year, but he's still caught the player when um, he's on his game. You've got Lewis Morgan coming in from St Martin. Um, you've got an embarrassment of riches in those um, forward lines, but it's just what, obviously, Celtic's next step will be how much better can they do in the Champions League. Um, mm-hmm. so I think with those players you've mentioned, they can either play in the left of attacking three or the right of attacking three. So Masonda could play in the left, Sinclair in the left. Sinclair, if you put him in the middle, doesn't seem to be as good because, well, in fact, he's had a poor season anyway, but in general, he's not great in the middle because he's not got any space to run into. Masonda, again, needs to be in the, more or less in the left to have that wee bit of space. Um, and by all accounts, the young lad for St. Mirren, from a couple of matches, some other fans, he likes to play on the right, I'm led to believe. So, I mean, we, that's what I'm saying about Christie. Potentially, if he wants to play in the middle of the attacking three, there's a wee kind of gap opening there for him. Mm-hmm. But again, Celtic might go out and buy somebody if they do get rid of the likes of Rodgick and Armstrong. Rodgick would be a big, big loss for Celtic because this season he's been fantastic. His vision is amazing. Um, he's got great, great technique. Um, and I think that would be a really big loss for Celtic if he left. He's a big game player as well, Rodrich. I mean, mm-hmm. A lot of goals scored in terms of bigger games domestically as well. Um, I, I just think Christie's not done enough for us to force himself into Rodgers' plans. You never know, though. Maybe he has a good pre-season. Um, or just decides to give him a chance, but I, don't know, I can't see it. It'd be a shame, because like, I, I, I'm a fan of Christie. As you could probably tell. Um, but and I would like to see him get a good run um, with us. But obviously, you boys have probably seen him a lot more recently than I've seen him. Um, but anytime I've seen him at Celtic, I've always been quite impressed with him. Lad. So I'd, I'd like to give him a run, but it's one of those things. Only time would tell. Uh, shall we move on to uh, predictions? Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So. Let's see what we got. Three games Saturday, three games Sunday. First up, the Larkshire Derby, Motherwell against Hamilton. 
Motherwell eleven to ten, they draw twelve to five, and I'm on a nine to four. John, what do you think? Um, I'm going to go with uh, Motherwell two nil um, to go into cup final in good form. Uh, I'll go with one each. I think it'll be quite a stalemate, to be honest with you. Yeah, I was thinking I'd draw as well. I'm going to go for one all uh, too. Um, so, Dundee against Partick Thistle. Dundee, 17-10. The draws, 23-10. Thistle, 64. Obviously, Thistle need to win to make sure they don't get relegated. Um, depends what happened in the St. George and Ross County game. Dundee, 17. Aye, so do you think, Tony? I think 2 0 Dundee. I think Thistle. I just can't see where the goals are going to come from them, to be honest with you. And although Dundee are not the greatest in defence, Thistle's is just terrible at the minute. So I'll go with 2 0 Dundee and give them a wee bit of momentum going into the end of the season. Uh, John? Yeah, snap. I can't see it other than a Dundee side who have ended the season strongly. Um, uh, against a part of the side who've been struggling for goals and struggling to keep them out. Yeah, 2-0 Dundee. Uh, I'm going to go for 1-0. And then St George against Ross County. St George in 13-8, the draw 5-2, County 29-20. I'll go first last time. I think St Johnson will win 2-1. And John? Hmm. I think Ross County have only won one or two away games all season, but for some reason I think they're going to do it. I think 1 0 Ross County. Uh, I, I think that this could be a, a, a bit of a big defeat for Ross County. I, I think St Johnson may score quite early doors, and now we just kind of deflate Ross County, so I'm probably going for a 3 0 St Johnston. Yeah, St. Johnson, right, okay. And then Sunday, the top six, we've got Kamarik against Hearts. Kamarik 6 to 5, the draw 23 to 10, Hearts 85 to 40. John, what do you think? No, no. No, no. But I forgot to mention it earlier, actually, I work in Kamarik and the Kamarik players were going about the time trying to get them up season tickets. Like some Boyd and Kelty and Taylor were all in about, so good to see from their point of view. That's good. Uh, Tony? Uh, one each. I, I think I, I, I can't see Hearts being overly first with it. And I, again, it's two teams with nothing really to play for. Um, I think it's just going to be a, your typical end of season game with nothing to play, so one each. Yeah, I'm going to go for Kelly to sign off with a win. Uh, 2-1. Um, Hibs against Rangers. Hibs 11-8. Draw 5-2. And Rangers 17-10. Tony? Uh, I'll go 1-0 Rangers. Yeah, I just... I've just got this feeling that Hibs will be a bit of a downer after tonight and Rangers will be pumped off for a more because they know 
if they can get a win and hope something happens at Celtic Park, they get second place. So I'll call one nil Rangers. Yeah, John. Um, I'm going to go opposite. I think Hibs will be determined to end this season off a high, and they look to um, stop Rangers getting second if they can't get second. So I'm going to go two 0 Hibs. Sorry, two one. Make that. Yeah, I think the same as you, John. I think Hibs will be determined to sign out in style. Um, plus as well their home form has been terrific recently so I am going to go for 2-1 as well to Hibs uh, last up and I don't have the odds for it I don't know why but there's no don't see any odds that I can see on my bookie just now that's been getting updated um, so Celtic and Aberdeen obviously Aberdeen know that they need to get the same result as Rangers or better um, to finish second I don't know if I can see us getting us out I know Celtic maybe having got to play for but Celtic be getting the, the trophy and all that and the time celebrations and all sorts yeah but sometimes with these kind of games when there's, when there's absolutely nothing to play for with Celtic like like tonight for example Celtic can just like not say not bother but like just not anything like there would have been if there was like a game they had to win in the league uh, so I, I can see it being a draw to be honest with you I can see it being something like one each right ok you've persuaded me yeah, I'm going to go one each as well John <laughs> um, we haven't taken a point at Celtic Park since two th- October 2004 um, well, I'll go for 5-0 <laughs> no I won't go for 5-0 <laughs> um, I think 2-0 Celtic unfortunately well, I would love one of you, uh, you both to be right and the point might be enough for second place. Aye. Yeah, I, I just... I, I think one of the big criticisms of Celtic this year compared to last season has been in games at home when they played, what you would say, lesser teams, so to speak. They've not really... They've not done it, you know what I mean? They've maybe ground out a 1-0 victory or they've drawn games. I mean, I think we drew with Partick Thistle home earlier on in the season. Um, we've drawn with Kilmarnock, as I said, tonight. Um, we drew with Rangers at home, I think, uh, as well, at one point. So, uh, there is times when it's just... It's, they're a funny team, Celtic, at home. And that, that's why I always say to folk, never bet on them. You've drawn seven games at home this season. That's quite staggering. Uh, um, it has been lo- one of the main criticisms a lot of fans have had this season about about the team. Like they seem to get off for the occasion for the big games, but then when it comes to like you're, you're running the mill Premier League games, there's times, especially at home, they just yeah, there's something missing. There's that bit of creativity going on. The players just don't seem as up for it as what well it would be for an old firm game or a cup game or something. But then you've not needed to be, and you've still got a twelve point advantage. So, um... and, and, and and that's yeah, and, and that's that's why I think Aberdeen may have a chance tomorrow because Aberdeen know if they can nick a point, then that's that's them got something. You know what I mean? They've got something to play for. Whereas I think a lot of the Celtic players have just been thinking, let's just get this game finished and get the the, the trophy presentation. Get the champagne out. 
Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I mean, it's, it's a strange one when you go to these kind of games because, like, sometimes the actual game itself is, like, the afterthought. You're just kind of waiting for the game to finish to, to get the, the presentation. Um, I've seen I've seen it before a couple of times, and it is, it's, it's a weird thing because I think you don't, you're not as critical with the players because you know that you have that title at the end and it's, it's just a, a whole kind of friendly friendly kind of slow pace about it sometimes so I hope it is I hope it's a really competitive game and it is a, an enjoyable game but yeah I wouldn't hold my breath to be honest unless Aberdeen obviously really go for it in which case I think it would be good yeah uh, a bit I don't think there was much we all agreed on. There wasn't. There wasn't anything we agreed on. Um, <laughs> I think we might have agreed on a Kamara Heart Straw, but we're not picking yeah. that. I was hoping it Dundee <laughs> would have been one of them because they're seventeen to ten, but that's been blown out the water. Um, I we could always we could always go in the majority and take a team or something like that. Take a couple of teams. So you both had Dundee to win. Yeah, two 0 uh, well, you said 2-1, I think. You'd go maybe a Motherwell Dundee double. I think the two you had a draw for that Motherwell game. So, mm. you know what. Another one uh, that I looked at, Hibs versus Rangers. Um, over two and a half goals is 20-23. to 23. So if you add that to 17-10 to 10 of Dundee... Um, that's a return of fifty pound forty eight, profit forty forty eight. Aye, aye, go with that. Go, go, go with that. I wouldn't be overly upset if I got my Rangers and have a prediction wrong. <laughs> Do we want to take a goal scorer in from the playoff matches? One I was thinking of, but the odds aren't up on um, McBookie yet. I don't know if they will have him available. Was uh, Mitch Meganson of Cove Rangers? He scored fifty goals in the Highland League. Um, but the only thing is they're away. But it's, unless you can think of one from the other ones. No, I'd, I'd be happy with that. Could, could go that or whether we still with McAllister. I'm happy to go with that too because Peterhead needs to win. Yeah, I'm made up about to your guys' wisdom in the lower leagues. Yeah, I'll go with McAllister. Right, okay. That finished you now? That finished you now, Yeah, let's go with that then. So, anything else before we go? Finish up? Oh, I think we're all done. Um, Tony, glad that you're back on. You did an impressive debut. Oh. Hopefully not be too long to your run again. No, no, I mean, um, as I said to you before, I've got um, a wee seven-month-old baby. So sometimes when I'm, I'm on late, I finish at eight, and by the time I get my dinner, I get him down. It's a bit hard to get on, so it's um, been on early today. So, um, yeah, thanks for having us back. It's enjoyable and it's good to talk about Scottish football. 
as opposed to talking about English football all day down here. Definitely. One thing actually they've got to touch on the whole thing with Gerard and everything like that, and it was like, oh, it's brought back glamour to Scottish football all that. Scottish football's been impressive for the last few years. Uh, I don't think it obviously it adds extra on to it, but there's plenty of good things to talk about. You look at this season, how well Kamarik have done, how well Hibs have done. Hearts, your youngsters, Aberdeen again, finishing in European places, Celtic potentially going for a double well, they're going for a double treble. So I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, I mean no, some I, of the games what? have been good this week. I mean, we spoke about the Livingston the Dundee United game. Whilst um, it doesn't get the same hype as the playoffs do down south, it, you know, I challenge the the championship playoffs of games of that entertainment um, in their games. And um, by all accounts, the Dundee United Dundee United and Dunfermline was quite um, entertaining as well. So. No, I think there's lots of good things to talk about. Well, I will say, I forgot to mention it earlier, I thought Gerard spoke very well in his press conference. Um, there was none of this shit in the rooftop saying that we're going to stop 10 in a row and we're going to win this, we're going to win that. It was just, we're mm. going to try and win football matches first and foremost. Um, maybe his chairman could learn a wee bit about that because, you know, this coming out with Celtic will fold like a, pack, a pack of cars was just ridiculous. But doesn't surprise me with him. It's been a crazy week with people saying crazy stuff. I mean, I mean, you've got the Craig Levine. Um, he seems to be having an ongoing war with Rogers at the minute, and and then you've got all this Rangers talk. And I mean, the beginning of the week it was all about we like, have these investors, and then King comes in and says they're not going to have investors. And what well, the thing that annoys me about that, if I was a Rangers fan, is. They're talking about getting raising six million from the fans again to buy shares, but then they had this offer allegedly for nine million for Morelis, who they didn't start against us. So and they knocked it back. I, I, I don't understand. You know, if, if they're that desperate for six million, they must have been desperate for six million back then. Well, you know, to buy shares as well, weren't they? Back yeah, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. It really is. It's, and I, do, I genuinely feel sorry for like your Rangers fans are going week in, week out, because all all they ever seem to be asked to do is put more money into the club, and with this merchandise, with the new strips, um, you know, it's put faith in a new manager, uh, another one. It's just like ongoing for them, and I, I do. I genuinely feel sorry for them. Because I, I, I must be really, really destroy, destroying them to an extent. Probably does, but uh, if the book was under a firm, you're sure they wouldn't be feeling sorry for Celtic, so or Aberdeen. No, or... I, mean, I mean, I sadly, I, I'm, I'm 39, so I was what, 13, 14 when the whole McCann takeover was. Um, and and during those years, it was it was horrible. Um, you never, I never ever thought we would get to where we are now. Uh, I remember one of the seasons we finished fifth in the league um, when Billy McNeil was the manager, and I think our top goal scorer was Darius Jackanovsky with eight. Um, we were just off. I remember Aberdeen used to regularly come down to Parkhead and scalp us. Um, I remember them being us three 0 um, a parkhead, and I think it was the second game of the season. 
So I know what it's like. It's it's, it's not nice when you know you're starting the season and you're just faltering away, faltering away. And I, I mean, the, the especially when you're part of like that kind of environment with the Celtic and Rangers, and the other side's just you know, when cruising it and, and you're just slumbering to all over the place. It's, it's hard. It is hard. I wouldn't mind a, th- a repeat of that 3-0 win from September 1990 this weekend, but somehow I don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't have the quality of Paul Mason and Hans Hillhouse um, from those days, but um, yeah, I'll just take a scrappy 1-0. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's strange because one thing I would recommend you to do, I, I really would, and I, I, I can do it quite a bit, is if you ever go on YouTube... Go and watch um, games from the 1980s, especially the late 80s, like sporting uh, and all that kind of thing. One, the commentary is brilliant. Archie McPherson is amazing. Two, you notice the crowds. I watched the other night, um, it was Aberdeen versus uh, Rangers, you know, the, the famous Ian Duran tackle game. Um, and if that was played now, uh, I literally would have been six, six players aside. Honestly, um, the tackles were non-stop. It was such a good, a good game to watch. Crowds were jumping. I mean, Petodre was full to the rafters. Um, and, and I would, I would I'd, I'd say to people, that's what we need to try and get back into this league. And what John was saying about he's fed up hearing, oh, we need a strong Rangers, or you know, uh, need Rangers to be this or that. Rangers need a strong Rangers. Scottish people need a strong Aberdeen, a strong Hearts, a strong Hibs. That, that's what Scottish people need. We, we need everybody to have a big competition, not just one team Rangers. Um, and and I think that's what's been good this year, because you look at the crowds at Easter Road, Petaudry and Tynecastle, I think they're all between about the 15,000, 20,000 mark, you know, that they're getting. If you think back to maybe about even 10 years ago, they weren't getting any kind of crowds. There was a there was a big gap. So I, I, I think Scottish football is in a, a reasonably good place. I think they just need maybe a couple of the teams to push Celtic a bit more, and then I think we'll have a, a great league. To be honest. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on the attendance front, Aberdeen um, average attendance was just over fifteen thousand, which is their highest since they last won the league in eighty four eighty five. So whilst it's been a frustrating season, as you mentioned, Tony, and I agree with you, um, it just shows that the crowds are still backing them, back them in better numbers this time, and hopefully it'll fund the kitty this, this summer to push sales to that little bit closer next season, but it's also going to be difficult. But yeah, there's a lot of more positives in Scottish football than people think. Um, we shouldn't just listen to what the snobs down south say. Um, mm. we've, we've got a decent product and we need to sell it better. And hopefully we'll sell it better when it comes to TV negotiations next season, and not just the Rogers versus Gerrard thing. Um, yeah. Because you'll get an Edinburgh derby. Um, if Dundee United get the right to come back with you, you get potential for Dundee derby. Um, you get you know potential strong Aberdeen. There's and even the even the action down at the bottom end of the league and the top end of the championship. It's all exciting stuff. It's just as exciting as any other league. Whilst it's not the same mm-hmm. product, um, there is a lot of positivity then we should try and take advantage of that but we do need our teams to do better in Europe and that's yeah. the test uh, in July I think that's a frustrating thing because 
I, I, I look at the teams, and I could Celtic in this as well, um, and I look at the like, Aberdeen, Rangers, Hibs, and you think, okay, they're not being great, but they should be gone a wee bit further. You know, um, I mean, Rangers to go out to that team progress, I thought was an embarrassment for them. Um, you know, and Aberdeen have had a few nightmares, and Hibs, I remember the last time they were in Europe, they didn't know it would be something like 7 0 of a Malmo or something like that. Um, Sorry. You know, and, and you look at them, you think they are, they've got good players. Something just doesn't happen. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, if it's now starting to be a bit of a complex. You know, it's like in the mindset where we think this is a European team, they're better than us, or they're, they're better, better tactically than us, and we just kind of fold. Because I know, I, I know with, with Celtic at times, there's games I go in and I think, oh, this is going to be a struggle. And it's teams where really, okay, we shouldn't be beaten, but we should be giving them a better game than we are giving them. It'd be great to get a team in the group stages of Europa League, uh, but it becomes difficult every season. But you never know. See what happens. Yeah, that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll happen. A team's qualify. It's going to get more difficult as well for Celtic in terms of Champions League as well. It's four qualifiers this year. Yeah. But the the good thing for Celtic is they're seeded all the way because it, they don't take the country ranking, they take the club ranking. So that'll help Celtic. How, how um, does it work now with the, the Champions League? I have no idea. Um, all I've heard is that Celtic um, will start from the first qualifying all the way in the Champions route, but they'll be seeded all the way because of their ranking. Um, so they sh- providing they live up to their ranking should be good enough to still get into the Champions League but it's just a ridiculous set where you've got four teams from England Spain, Italy uh, Germany all guaranteed to go in shouldn't be like that um, no. because that, that's, that's half the positions gone because I presume I've not heard them saying it's been expanded there's still the 32 teams from what I've heard so there's half so there's 16 so there's half your teams gone then yeah. you've got your Turkish teams your Portuguese teams, your French teams. Mm-hmm. So I presume they're all going to get at least two places yeah. each. Yeah, there's... So everyone else is going to be fighting for those few places. I think there's 22 places already taken up by, you know, some of the better champions, um, or sorry, the better league, ranked Leeds champions, and then Celtic mm-hmm. and the rest are fighting for 10 places. Uh, it's not a fair system, but... Yeah, for doing this, so that the bigger teams like so the Man United, the Barcelona, the Bayern Stay don't break them. away. Um, it's as simple yeah. as that. But that'll happen eventually. I do believe that that'll happen at some point. Whether it's ten years from now, twenty years from now, I think it is on the cards. Yeah, it's all, be, all down to money. Oh. That's what we'll be. At some point, somebody will say, "Listen, we can make more money if we sell our rights, whether it be club TV or." Club TV Plus worldwide through American and Asian market or something, and they'll just say we'll just form our own European league, like like what they done when the the old um, English league broke up to the Premier Division. That was the top six clubs wanted more money, and they formed the Premier League down in England, I should say. Um, 
Yeah. It will happen. They'll want more and more money and they want to be having Real Madrid versus Man United or Real Madrid, Barca, Barca, whoever, more than just in the Champions League. I mean, then they'll end up going into some sort of continental league or something like that. Well, there's a new TV, well, there's a new TV deal to be announced as well, isn't there? At some point. Mm. I think. Was that for the Scottish League or the Champions I League? Extend. The deal. I think BT extended the rights for the Champions League and Europa League, if I remember rightly. Um, Aye, but the Scottish football is Scottish. a lot of Scotland's part. The, the negotiations are started because I think that runs out not n- next season but the following season, if I remember rightly. I think it, the current deal's up in 2020, so the new deal will kick in. I there. would hope B- yeah, I told BT get if I'm being honest. Um, Me too. Yeah, BT's coverage is just so superior to Sky. Yeah. There's, there's, you, you get a good show beforehand, um, the commentator sounds as if they're actually interested in, in the teams that are playing. Um, you get good debates, you know, you know. As much as people don't maybe don't like Stuart or Sutton, at least they'll have like arguments and people debating. Whereas in Sky, it seems very bland, you know. It's yeah, we agree with each other kind of thing. There's no sort of you know, not nothing to get you excited to watch it beforehand. And then of course you've got the usual five minutes build up. Sky only <laughs> care about one fixture. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, they don't. Have, that's interesting in Scottish football. Yeah, I um, think BT's coverage is super far superior to Sky, and that's not just in um, the Premier League up here. That goes um, across the board. But um, yeah, we're going to playoffs. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and they'll give the build-up just the same for that game as they did Aberdeen Rangers as um, they would do the Hearts and Hibs game tonight. That got mm. half hour build up, and so did the Livingston game the other night. So, now they're being as fair as they possibly can. Um, but not, so they also do a really good. Um, I think it's uh, Facebook Live or Twitter thing. I don't know if you've ever seen on YouTube. But before the game, before they go on um, the telly, they'll be like in the ground or about outside the ground, and you get people to send them tweets. And then they'll get some. They'll have like Chris Sutton, uh, someone else, and the presenter guy. His name I've forgotten. Darryl but they'll Curry. have them like answering the questions. Yeah, that's it. They'll ask him. He'll be answering all the the questions and all that. And it's on for about ten, fifteen minutes on YouTube. Always be like before certain games and stuff like that. And but Sky just Sky just. They're not interested in this. As soon as we're on. First thing Sky does advertise the Premiership games. I've even seen a half time during a Scottish game them advertise a Premier game that's on the other channel. Yeah. Uh, don't think about it to mention as well, I forgot about it earlier, but we're have a Scottish player in the Champions League final. Andy Robertson, the space of five years, gone from playing for Queen's Park to Champions League final for Liverpool, so Credit to him. He started off at difficult at Liverpool when he first joined. He wasn't getting a game, but since he got his chance, he's been superb for them. So good luck to him. Yeah, that 100% I agree. Crack and play again. It was the Celtics books, 
and we never took him um, for whatever reason. Um, and I'm made up because he's one of the few players that has actually worked his way up from Queen's Park to Dundee United to Hull. And obviously he's a big move to Liverpool. So, uh, yeah, I think that's fantastic. It just it just shows that you just never give up your dream. Um, and that's an inspiration to follow. No, really specialty. Had to go down to the bottom end of Scottish football um, and come up, you know, have to go to places like, um, you know, Lynx Park and, um, you know, First Park and all the rest of it. And he's worked his way up to be playing in some of the best stadiums, playing against the best teams. And now he's going to come up against one of the two best players in the world in Cristiano Ronaldo uh, in a couple of weeks. And yeah, good luck to him. Um, and hope he comes away with the becomes the first Scot to play in a Champions League final since Paul Lambert 21 years ago Wow, I never realised it was that long Yeah, That's, that's an incredible start though. Yeah. Dan Fletcher's got a Champions League winner's medal but he was only a sub for Man United in 2008 Just shows you sadly how far we've kind of come a wee bit in that aspect because you used, used to always think when English teams Done well, there was always like a kind of Scottish player somewhere, you know. It's just before we hit the 90 minute mark. <laughs> it's been good that wee conversation at the end because I think about 20 minutes ago we were like, Is anything else? and then we were like, Ready to finish, and then mm. <laughs> a wee tangent like that. Yeah, it's been good. Oh. We'll yeah, I've enjoyed it. Back next week, and we'll be clear in terms of who finishes second and who gets relegated and development of the playoffs as well. So cheers, guys. Yeah. Well, thanks. Che- cheers. Thanks. Cheers, lads. Bye. Bye.